And thank you, choir. I thought it was losing one back there for a moment. Aren't you glad you came to the house of the Lord already today? I sure am. Listen, we're going to sing a familiar song as the praise team joins me here this morning. And it's called The Solid Rock. And you'll know this, but do you understand this? And so, you know, I've said this before that Vance Havner often said that people tell more lies behind a hymnal than anywhere else because we sing words that we do not understand so we can't mean them if we don't understand them. But listen, listen to this. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. Now, that sweetest frame can be a lot of things. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about voices, about hearing God's voice. And if you're listening, not just if you're hearing, but if you're listening to other voices besides the voice of the Lord, you need to check up from the neck up. Don't listen to anyone else's voice. They'll tell you just what they want. This next verse says, His darkness, when darkness seems to hide his face. Has that ever happened to you? Darkness. What is darkness? Well, it can be anything that life throws at you. Life and the devil. You know, the devil lose life. Use life to throw stuff at you that makes you be in a very dark place. I rest on his unchanging grace. It's the same now and forevermore in every high and stormy gale whatever that may be and we've all been through those stormy times of life my anchor holds within the veil why because he is our anchor i love this verse his oath his covenant his blood support me in the whelming flood i love this his oath his covenant his blood you can find all of that in john three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have life everlasting. His, his covenant with us, his oath is that he's going to take care of us. Why? Because he sent Jesus to shed his blood for you and for me. Aren't you happy about that today? It says, when all around my soul gives way. I don't know about you, but I've been there many a time, many a time. When it seemed like nothing was going to work, that the forces of evil were all around. And you can find them all around you wherever you are, even in the church. You can find that. But it says, he then is all my hope and stay. In the worst of times, he is my hope and my stay. And then when he shall come with trumpet sound, and that's going to happen because the Bible says so. He's going to come with, the, with a shout and with the trumpet of God. I can hardly wait to hear that trumpet sound. Oh, may I then in him be found dressed in his righteousness alone. Why? Because his righteousness is the only righteousness we can have. The Bible says that our righteousness is like filthy rags. It says none is righteous. No, not one. But he is, so clothed in his righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the throne. Why is that? Because when we are clothed in his righteousness and God the Father looks at us, he's not going to see all that sin. He's going to see Jesus. I don't know about you, but I need him to see Jesus. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. Let's stand together as we sing this great hymn in its entirety. Yes. 
I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, all other ground is sinking sand. When darkness seems to hide his face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, all other ground is sinking sand. His oath, his covenant, his blood support me. I count on one thing, the same God that never fails, will not fail me now. You won't fail me now in the waiting. The same God who's never late is working all things out. You're working all things out. Yes, I Lift you high in the lowest valley, yes, I will bless your name. Yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy all my days. Yes, I will. I count on one thing, the same God who never fails will not fail me now. You won't fail me now in the waiting. The same God who's never late is working all things out. You're working all things out. Yes, I will lift you.
Christ the sure and steady anchor as we face the wave of death. When these trials give way to glory as we draw our final Well, good morning, church. It's so good to see each of you today. I know Scott just asked you to sit down. So we're going to do some spiritual aerobics, all right? I'm going to ask you to stand up. I want you to turn around, greet someone today, shake a hand, hug a neck. If you don't feel comfortable with that, at least a, an air high five, all right? At least an air high five. Do that. There you go. Hey, while you're standing, while you're standing and you got that smile on your face, look with me in Matthew chapter 4. Grab a Bible, grab your device. Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. And I want us to read this passage again, and we're going to drill down just a little bit more today. As a matter of fact, if you've got your Bible, your device, hold it up and say this with me. This is the Bible. It's God's holy, infallible, inerrant, perfect, life-giving, life-changing Word. Listen again to these very familiar words. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Lord, what a great day that you have given us today. Uh, Lord, just to come to gather together. Lord, to worship you in spirit and in truth. And Lord, I pray that that has happened today that we truly have given you worship, we've given you praise, we've given you glory for who you are and all that you have done and all that you purpose to do. God, in and through your body called the church. 
And Lord, thank you that we are able to gather today. God, we know that there are many who aren't here today, and we pray, God, your blessings upon them. We pray that you would watch over them, especially those, God, that are just hurting and suffering, and we pray, God, your grace upon them. And Lord, we pray that you would meet with us today. And Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to come and just to take over and to take control. And so, Lord, as we just continue to walk through this passage, I pray that we would feel the weight of, God, your passion for people and your passion to redeem, your passion to save and to release from sin's bondage. And God, we know that you have done all that needs to, to be done through the sending of your son, Jesus. And Jesus, we thank you that you came, that you lived, that you died. You took all of your sin upon ourselves, and that you rose again. And we can stand before you righteous and justified today. And so, Lord, we pray that as you speak, God, we would be quick to obey and understand what it really means to be a true disciple of Jesus. And we pray this in his name. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. We've spent several weeks on trying to answer that question, what is a disciple? And the very first message, we just kind of laid it out big and plain. A disciple is one who follows Jesus. A disciple is one who is continually changed by Jesus. And today we're going to look at that third piece that a disciple is someone who understands the commission, the call of God, and how we have a unique role in his call and his purpose when it comes to redemption. And so I want us to, to see that big and plain today because, to be honest with you, the evangelical church today, I'm afraid, has lost its way there. We, we've become so enamored with making everybody happy and being sure that we're so politically correct with every jot and tittle that I'm afraid that somehow, some way, we've let the true call of God to the church somehow take a back seat. And if you don't believe that, I want you just to listen to this. Of America's 316 million people, evangelicals account for 22 to 28 million so that's a staggering 93% or so who do not profess to be a follower of Jesus. American evangel uh, evangelical population loses 2.6 million people per decade. Think about that. So the church in the United States is not growing. The church in the United States is actually getting smaller. Think about that. Southern Baptist report of 16 million members, but only 6.1 million attend a worship service on any given Sunday. I say, Kim, what do you think it is here? Well, I don't know. It's, it's you, know, you know, I've been at this thing for so long that a lot of times people want to know, well, preacher, how many are you running? That's not the question to ask. The question to ask is, how many are we catching, right? <laughs> I mean, we're running a lot. I, I've noticed something since February. We would have a building full of people if we just got the body to come to one service at one time. Well, that, that's not kind of what I've seen, right? 
and uh, we just kind of, you know, we were here, and then we're gone, and we're here, and we're kind of gone, and, and I know that you got to go to the football games, all that kind of stuff, but I go to the football games too, even the night games, and I still have an hour and a half drive to church. Hello? So I'm just telling you, it can be done, all right? It can be done. And so, so I want you to really feel the weight of this, though, today. So 16 million members, but only 6.1 on any given Sunday are going to attend a Southern Baptist church. While some individual churches are growing, the evangelical numbers as a whole are shrinking, while the population is growing faster now than during the days of the baby boom. Researchers suggest that in 30 years, if the trend continues, the number of U.S. evangelicals will have dropped to about 16 million, while the population has jumped to more than 400 million. Think about that, church. Did you know that in 2010, they were roughly 80, uh, 285,000 people that lived in Spartanburg County? 2010. The 2021 census says there are almost 336,000 people now living in Spartanburg County. Did you know that the U.S. population grew last year by 7.3%? Did you know that in Spartanburg County it grew by 12%? So we exceeded the national average right here in Spartanburg County. Did you know that the projection for 2030 is that there will be an additional 40,000 people moving into this area in the next seven years? So here's what I want you to feel today. When Jesus said, I want you to follow me, I want to change you, and I want you to embrace my mission as your own, something is missing. If we do not embrace the mission of Jesus, and you can call it whatever you want to. You know, when I was growing up, we called it soul winning. Does that bother you? Does that term bother you? All right. We, we called it soul winning. We called it winning people to Jesus where we would take the gospel and just share the truth of the gospel. And we are praying that men and women, boys and girls would come to a saving knowledge of who Jesus is. And that truly they would follow Jesus. That there would be a life change and that, and that they would embrace the mission of Jesus as their own truth of the matter is this if we aren't passionate about soul winning what gives us the right to even call ourselves a disciple think about it and most of us here today we like the food and the fun and the fellowship we think that is what Baptist life is all about right and as long as we're going to the buffet and as long as we're going to see the leaves and as long as we're happy and satisfied, we think that that's what the mission of Jesus is all about. And actually, it has none of that has anything to do with the mission of Jesus. Not in its purest sense. So, Ken, I didn't come here today for you to say that. Well, I know, but you're going to get it. <laughs> so let me just say three really quick things today. The call of God will always reveal his purpose. The call of God will always reveal his purpose to follow him, to be changed by him, to embrace his mission as our own. 
the call of the disciples reveals that God purposes not only for those men that we see in the text, but the truth is they're for every single disciple who will ever follow Jesus. And church, we should get this down big and plain today. A disciple of Jesus will introduce other people to Jesus. It is a part of us following him. It's a part of us being changed by him. It's a part of us engaging in his mission. And we see ourselves as active participants of pointing people to Jesus. I don't have to tell you that even in Spartanburg County, there are thousands upon thousands of people who are living in brokenness and darkness and hopelessness. And many are desperate to experience something new, but they just don't know what it is. And so the part of the call, this has to do with purpose. This part of the call has to do with mission. This part of the call has to do with embracing, making it our own. It is seeing ourselves as a disciple who follows Jesus, who's been changed by Jesus, who joins Jesus in his redemptive purpose. It's where our passions, our gifts, our abilities are used to bring people into an encounter with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And that is highly intentional intentional I, I mean I, I love the fact that we got a great sign out front but you just can't post on the front sign come on in you lucky sinners and get saved it doesn't happen that way right it doesn't it, what, when, look, listen to what Jesus said now the 11 disciples remember the disciples it's all about disciples now the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them and when they saw him they worshiped him but some doubted and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. That has never changed. Acts I love the book of Acts and, and, and Acts 1-8 and how that we're going to be his ambassadors, his voice, his reflection of, of, of himself in, in, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And you know that our, our, our Jerusalem is right here, right? I, I grew up in a, in a generation where preachers would say things like this, that the light that shines the furthest shines brightest where at home but you got to have all of it right you can't just have one without the other you, you, you got to have it all but i do want you to think about jerusalem for just a few minutes jerusalem our jerusalem more duncan lyman pauline roebuck woodruff if i didn't name where you live i've just tell it to me right quick. Did I miss something? Reedville, my soul. How did I forget Reedville? <laughs> it's a call. God is calling us to service. God is calling us to action. And church, I want you to hear this. If you don't hear anything else I say today, please hear this. Redemption and mission cannot be separated. Redemption and mission cannot 
be separated. We are called. We are called to care for a lost world that is filled with broken people who desperately need a Savior. God's call will always reveal his purpose. And what did he say in the text? I want to make you fishers of men. His call reveals his purpose, his mission. Second thing I want you to see is this. A disciple of Jesus is a missionary in everyday life. He said, Ken, how many missionaries do we have at Poplar Springs? Well, I'm looking at them. We've got a lot of missionaries. Now, you may not see yourself as a missionary, but I want, I'm going to give you permission to see yourself as a missionary of Jesus today. That you would see yourself as an extension of God's hand. We are called to live a missional life. And being missional simply means we're going to follow the way of Jesus. I mean, Jesus ate with people. He walked with people. He spent time with people. He, he just told them the truth, right? That's all I'm asking of you. Jesus was surely the first and greatest missionary. The scriptures teach that Jesus came from heaven. He came to earth. He died for a lost and messed up world. I'm messed up if I don't have Jesus. I feel like I'm still a mess even with him sometimes. You know what I'm saying? But he came. And he was fulfilling the mission that he was sent to do by the Father. And Jesus is calling his church, follow me and I will make you to become fishers of men. What is that? That's just simply nothing more than missio deo, the mission of God. In our own day, in our own culture. Think about this, church. We've been chosen by God to live in this time and in this place to fulfill the mission of God. Being missional. Is God's way of showing the love that he has for people through his son by the way of his body called the church. And Jesus modeled that when he said, the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. I'm asking you today to embrace the mission of Christ as your own and I'm asking you to be willing to serve and to give your life away for the sake of the gospel. Living missionally is not about something that you are not, but it's stepping into the fullness of who you already are. God said you are my disciples. If you have followed Jesus and he has saved you, listen. Now, now remember, these guys were fishermen. So you understand the context of what Jesus was doing here, right? And so if I'm not careful, see, see, here's what Southern Baptists do. If you just don't spell it all out and always cook, put all the cookies on the bottom shelf, Southern Baptists always look for an excuse to do nothing. I don't fish, so I'm not listening. Okay, that is the mindset. I don't fish, so I'm not listening. Well, guess what? If Jesus had been walking by the sea and there were architects that were there instead of fishermen, guess what? He would acknowledge that, right? And he would say, hey, you know what? I, I, I want you to follow me, and I'm going to change you. Why? Because you are architects, and I'm going to show you how that, that I want to build my kingdom right here and right now, and I'm going to use you to help accomplish that. 
And so, anyway, so, so don't, don't get all crazy like, well, I'm not a fisherman, so that doesn't apply to me. Yes, it does apply to you if you know Jesus. And so that's, that's living missionally. If you're an accountant, God uses you. If you're a musician, he will use you. If you're a teacher, a businessman, an electrician, an engineer, a student, a housewife, if you are retired... Guess what? You, of all people, have no excuse. You've got time. You even got resources. Say, Ken, how do you know that? Because I've seen the cars in the parking lot, friend. <laughs> Ain't no excuse. Follow me and become what? A part of my kingdom. So really what some of you are, you, you think you're a teacher, but you're really not. You're, you're a missionary who is just under the radar posing as a teacher, an electrician, whatever your occupation in life may be. God knows who you are. He knows where you are. He knows the gifts and the talents and abilities that he has blessed you with. He knows what is good for your soul. He is not asking you to be what you are not. He's asking you to be who you already are. Do you know that God will always equip those whom he calls? The best thing you can say there is, well, Ken, I just don't know. I just, I just, I can't. That's a great place to be. Because whatever you can't, guess what? God can and it is God who will supernaturally equip you to do what he's called you to do. See yourselves, though, as a disciple of Jesus who is on mission with him and start thinking about the kingdom of God instead of your paychecks and your pensions and, and this, this flawed pursuit of the American dream. That's one of the tragic, tragic mistakes that we've made. And amen goes right there, and I know you don't want to say amen. Because some of you love the American dream. The only problem is I can't find that in the scriptures. I can see where you are to give your life away. But I cannot find the idea that you get all you can, can all you get, and sit on the can. I can't find that in the scriptures. But I can see where Jesus says, I want you to come. I want you to follow me. I will do everything. I will, I will make every change in you and through you possible because he's so good at being a change agent. And then he says, I want you to be my hands and my feet. And I want you to carry this beautiful thing called the gospel. Follow me and become. Follow me for kingdom's sake. Follow me and use everything that I've placed within you for my glory. One preacher said it this way, and I quote, It is imperative that Christians be like Jesus by living freely within the culture as missionaries who are faithful to the Father and his gospel as Jesus was in his own time and place. End of quote. I'm just telling you right here, right now, we need to be busy being on mission. 
there are thousands of people say, Ken, but you know what? There's, there's some other churches, and they're doing Listen, if every church in the Spartanburg County network was blowing full steam, we still wouldn't be engaging the amount of lostness around here. So we, we can't let that be an excuse anymore. I know you've got a rough past, but you have got to stop making that an excuse, church. 2014 is in 2014. Let it go. Don't worry about those who aren't here. We need to focus on the people who aren't here yet. And they're all around us. They're all around us. But they got to have somebody who cares. Do you care? Will you be his missionary? Will you take a chance and a risk? And I'm telling you, living by faith, there is a great element of risk in living by faith, isn't there? It's life on the edge. When I was in my late 20s and early 30s, man, I'm just going to be so plain with y'all today. If I thought it, and I believe God was in it. I didn't try to explain it away. I hopped on that buggy and we rode it. Come hell or high water. I look in my rearview mirror and see sometimes I've had, I've had people say, well, Ken, here's the difference between now and then. You're older and life experience and you're counting the cost. Sometimes I struggle with that. Why don't I have the same enthusiasm and why, why, why don't I just, I'm telling you, I remember a day when I was absolutely fearless. I thought God told me to take my family and leave a great church in North Carolina and start traveling. And so for the next five years, that is exactly what we did. We averaged 40 meetings a year, had no idea how we were going to pay our bills most of the time. But every time they were due, God showed up and showed out and gave us exactly what we needed. And now sometimes I struggle with stepping out on faith because what if? Are you with me? Y'all feel the weight of that today? God is asking us in our culture, in our day, and in our time to follow him, to be changed by him, to embrace his mission, and to drop any net that may be in the way. Last thing. And actually, this is a quote, so I, I couldn't think of a third point but I heard a quote one time that I wrote down and somehow stumbled across it a couple of weeks ago. Listen to this quote by David Platt. This is my third point, but I'm going to give David Platt the credit because he's the one that said this. All right, David Platt. And I quote, to be a disciple of Jesus is to make disciples of Jesus. And so here's the question. Just, this is just a simple question. Are you making disciples? Do you see yourself in his mission of making disciples? 
Dawson Troutman asked this question. Men, where is your man? Women, where is your woman? Where is the one who you have led to Christ? How many persons do you know by name today who were won to Christ by you? My goal today is not to make you feel guilty or ashamed. My intention is not to beat anybody down. But I do pray that the Holy Spirit would motivate us and encourage us to consider how the life of Jesus really could be multiplied through us that are right here today. But if you're here and you don't have any intention of sharing the gospel and you don't see the purpose in doing so, we got a big problem, which probably means you are not a follower of Jesus. You may be religious. You may be a member of a Baptist church, maybe even this church. But just because you are a member of a Baptist church does not mean that you are a part of the kingdom of God. You can be baptized or the bullfrogs call you brother. And it doesn't mean jack squat. And so my advice to you today would simply be this. You need to be saved. You need to be saved. I want you to really hear me. Because a disciple of Jesus is truly going to embrace those three things. You're going to follow Jesus. You're going to continue to be changed by Jesus. And you are going to win people to Jesus. That's what a disciple does. So first and foremost, I'm just telling you, if all you got is church membership, you're going to bust hell wide open. And the greatest need you have today is not a change of behavior you need to be born again, saved, changed by Jesus. If you're here today and you know that you have been changed and there is that desire to share Jesus, and, but maybe there's an apprehension, maybe there's a fear. I get that. I get that. I'm not minimizing that. But if you're here today and you know that you follow Jesus and there is this desire in you to, to share the Lord Jesus and to be on mission with him, then I want you to think three things. Number one, who? Who? Who is it that the Lord wants you to share with? I'm telling you right now during this invitation, while I'm preaching right now, if the Holy Spirit of God has shown you somebody in your relational network that is close to you but far from Jesus, right now I'm telling you, I would write that name down. Start writing those names down. Write down the name of the person that is not a follower of Jesus and then begin to pray. Just pray, Lord, I'm asking you to draw them to salvation, to pray, to, 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 to intercede for their souls. So that's the first one. Who is it? Write them down. Number two, how? The question is how. How? Then what do I do now? If I write their names down, then, then, then what do I do? Here, here's what you do. You begin speaking intentionally about Jesus and his loving kindness. In other words, you just share with them the simple gospel whenever you're around them. Everyday life is full of all kind of opportunities. 
One of these days, if Lord Lord tarries and 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 lets me hang around long enough, uh, I want to preach a message one day. But we're gonna I'm gonna I'm go, we're gonna trade places one day, all right. And this whole message is centered around songs. Okay, there's a passage in Psalm where they let you know they laid their harps in the willow tree, and but then they remembered, right? And so so the, years years ago, there's just a, a flow and 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 but. The, the catch line of that whole message is, and that reminds me of a song, okay? But here's the deal. There are so many stories in Scripture that when you're doing life with somebody, you could just simply say, you know what? That reminds me of a story. Boom. Just tell them a story. Just talk about the loving kindness of God. And it could be your story, but it could be his story. It could be any story that's connected to the scriptures because you may not believe this, but I promise you this is true. Every word in the Bible does point to Jesus. It all does. And so I'm going to write their names down. I'm going to begin to pray. And as I'm taking, I'll take them to lunch. And while I'm at lunch, Lord, just give me, just give me that shot. And don't come back and tell me this kind of stuff, because I'm going to tell you, I, I, I used to say this and tell the Lord just, this is nothing more than an excuse. I know y'all didn't come to hear this today, <laughs> but you go, I'm almost done, all right? I'm almost done. Well, I just didn't feel like it was the right time. <laughs> On that, <laughs> while you're there and they are breathing, it's the right time. Can I tell you something? With all, all the love I can muster up today, dead noses smell no roses. Don't you wait till it's too late. And then you live the rest of your life with regret that you never shared the gospel with somebody that you said you loved. Well, what are they going to think about me? Quit going there. All you're doing is come up with these flimsy excuses why you don't need to be who Jesus called you to be. And it's time for those excuses to stop. So the who, write their name down, begin to pray, intercede, ask God to draw them to salvation. Then spend time with them. Begin speaking intentionally about the gospel. When? Now. Don't be passive. Don't wait for them to ask. Be intentional. It's called grace in motion. I'll close with this. There have been so many times I really got into a, a conversation with somebody and I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. And it's crazy how in the moment the Holy Spirit gives you what you need. It's called grace in motion. Remember, I am just a communicator of the gospel. I don't save anybody. You don't save anybody. Jesus saves, right? So all we're doing is sharing his gospel. And so when you are in that kind of setting, I promise you this, God will give you the grace and the words you need exactly when you need them. And maybe we should have a training. Maybe that's something that we should begin to look at, right? That uh, once we get maybe, I know a holiday is a hard time to begin some new initiatives, but, but first of the year, what if, we, what if we put together an opportunity where we could teach you how to share the gospel? Simply, just a very simple 
vehicle of how anybody could share the gospel. I could teach you how to share the gospel on a little napkin, drawing a few circles and just having an idea where to go. There's so many different vehicles. Truth is, you don't even have to have those if you don't. You, you know what I'm saying, right? So here's the deal. I got to quit. I got to quit because now I want to start rambling. That's not good. Do you know that you know Jesus? Do you know that he's changing you? And are you willing to be on mission with him? If today during this invitation you need to be saved, I'm asking you, I'm, I'm begging you, be saved. And during this invitation, it could be that God already gave you a name. And maybe today's a good day to take the step and say, okay, God, I know who it is. And why don't you come around this altar today and just lift their name up to Jesus and ask God to draw them, to convict them, and that you would be intentional to share the gospel with them. Lord, today, thank you for who you are. God, I thank you for this text that we have been in for so many weeks, but yet, Lord, it's so rich, and there, there's so much there. And, Lord, today, to think about being your hands and your feet, Lord, to, to join you in your redemptive purpose, God, to understand the weight of what that looks like and feels like. And, Lord, we, we live in an area of the, our own state that is growing by leaps and bounds. And, but yet, God, our churches aren't growing by leaps and bounds. Our baptisms are actually decreasing. They're not increasing. And, Lord, that should, that should burden us today. For you to say, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men, and yet, God, that's not the reality. Lord, that should shake us to the core today. God, it could be that somebody needs to be saved in this service today. God, it could be that even today, Lord, there is one of your disciples who's going to be intentional. And God, you've given them, you've laid someone on their heart today. God, that they could be intentional with, spend time with, and have a gospel conversation with. And Lord, what we say and do, Lord, the success of all that's really not in our hands, it's in yours. Lord, we just get to be your mouthpiece. And so, Lord, I pray today that you would just give us an incredible burden. And, Lord, I pray it wouldn't stop today, but, God, all week long as we drive, as we buy groceries, as we stop at the drugstore, God, at the high school football game, Lord, you just show us there are people, people everywhere. And you are asking us to join you in your mission. And, Lord, may our yes be on the table today. And we pray this in Jesus' name. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. And as you stand, our, our uh, team is just going to lead us in this time of invitation. And it's simple. It's just very simple. If you need to be saved, I would love to lead you to Jesus. If you want to come and pray for somebody that's lost, come and begin to pray and begin to be intentional with the gospel. Trust him. Trust him.
Just as I am without one plea, by that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come, I come, just as ago, maybe longer ago, and I meant to say this a couple of weeks ago, we had um, a list of about 50 people that we prayed for to be saved, and some were, but this, we got away from the list, and so next Sunday we're going to bring the list back, and I'm also going to have up here just a couple of baskets like we normally receive offerings on special occasions. If there's someone whose name needs to be on the list, I'm not going to ask you to come forward any particular time, but you'll know they're there. We'll draw attention to them. If you'll just drop their names there, we'll make sure they get on the list. You don't have to give us their whole name. You can just give us their first name. That will be fine. 
But also, I want you to say by putting your, that name in there that you're committing to speak to them on behalf of Jesus in the days to come. We have several announcements. Kim, you're up. Okay, so after Ken's message and the song, Just As I Am, I want to share a little story with this announcement. When I was in college um, in, um, in Macon, Georgia, back in the late 90s, I started going to Ingleside Baptist Church, and Ingleside Baptist Church was just starting their college ministry, their uh, recreation ministry, and they needed basketball coaches. And so my college roommate and I decided, hey, let's be basketball coaches. They'd had a sermon just like a lot like this one, and so we stepped up. I had played rec league. She had never played before. And why that minister of recreation trusted us with a basketball team, I don't know. But we went on, and we won every single game in the third through fifth grade league in that year. Now, it could was most likely because we had the two tallest players in the league on our team. That's okay. We, but those girls learned so much that year about sportsmanship, about teamwork, about friendship, but most importantly about God because we stopped every day every, during practice and we talked and we gave a devotion and we talked about God. And that's what we do here at Poplar Springs with our basketball ministry. And just like then, we need coaches. We have four teams this year. We've signed up. We've got kids signed up, and I need coaches. I need a coach for kindergarten. I need a coach for first and second grade boys and a coach for third through fifth grade boys. We've got a coach for the older kids. I need coaches. You don't have to know a lot about basketball. You just have to be willing. And it, this is a great of opportunity for evangelism for our church and for discipleship and please if you are interested and you can coach we need to start practices this week games run from december through the first weekend in february it's all on saturday morning so you're talking about one hour a week for practice and one hour a week for the game but you can make a huge difference in the lives of these children so please let me or Teresa dempsey know if you can coach a basketball team amen thank you kim if you can possibly do it Okay, we had gotten the report of this early, and we will have prayer before we leave here. Sam had um, sent, uh, Sam, um, you know, had been through a lot of problems with his heart, and last week he came back to the choir, and he sent me a thing early this morning, said, listen, I'm not jumping ship, but we've been calling in for Joyce's mother, who has now passed, so we'll be remembering them. Thank you, Martin, for bringing that to our attention. There's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of conversations being uh, spoken uh, about things going on. I want you to know that in January, there's going to be um, uh, an event, a training time and a fellowship time for those of you who serve as prayer partners and as caregivers. If you do not know if you're there, your deacon has a sheet to put in your hand. If you haven't gotten that, I know everybody's should have gotten their cards by now because we mailed them off from the um, from the uh, church office so there should not be an excuse uh, for not knowing who your deacon is but if you haven't gotten a sheet and you've been served in that capacity if you're if you have and you want to continue to do that if you'll let us know about it we'll make sure you get that sheet but it's the deacon's responsibility to hand those out lots of good things going on in this church aren't you happy you've been here today oh wow um, thank you Pastor Ken, thank you for just speaking God's word today. Hit me right between the eyes. I appreciate it. 
as you're leaving today i already see joey the giant piece out in the in the vestibule if you are with us for the first time or the first time in a long while and you'd like to know more about us what we're about uh, he can tell you how to get plugged in and so you don't um, don't fail he's got on a he's got on a sweater vest and he'll be the tallest guy out there for a little while and so uh, he'll be at the welcome desk don't forget to speak to him your offerings if you would there'll be some men at the doors with offering plates and also uh, if you're more comfortable putting them in the receptacles as you go out little black boxes as you go out the portico on the wall you may do that let's pray together um, one other thing on december the 4th and the 11th our choir and the choir from Henry first baptist and some other friends will be singing uh, brand new hallelujah which is a brand new christmas musical this year and you don't want to miss it and you're invited to go to both uh, on the 4th and the 11th it's at six o'clock and so don't miss that we need some of our folks to go down there and some of uh, them are going their folks will come up here that are not in the choir so we'll look forward to that we're going to have a church-wide um, christmas get together on the 18th and you'll hear more about that through the newsletter Let's pray and remember Sam's family and his wife's family during this time as we go. Father, I feel like you've spoken today directly to me and to us as a church. Lord, I feel that you're shaking us because you're preparing us to be more than we are. That you want us to be more than perhaps we've ever been. Lord, thank you that your word teaches us forgetting the past, that we press forward. Lord, I look forward to the day of claiming the prize at your feet, but Lord, we must be faithful between now and then, and I pray that we'll be just that. Will you continue to shake our church and mold us and make us fishers of men? Lord, I want to pray for Sam and Joyce and the family today and the loss of this loved one. Lord, I pray that in days to come that you would allow us to be what we can as your agents in this place. And Lord, I, I know that you will be what only you can be to them. That you would bring comfort, Lord, that you will fill the void um, by this loss. So Lord, just bless them today. And as we go our ways, Lord, I pray that the words that we've heard will not just be on our ears, but in our hearts, and that we won't be able to get away from it. We love you. Thank you so much for loving us in Jesus' name.